Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Who was here with us two weeks ago when we started talking about how faith works? Was anybody challenged? I know I was challenged. I know that the Lord has really been challenging me and growing me in this area. And we're just going to... uh, Continue with what we started two weeks ago. This is going to be How Faith Works, part two. And I'll just go ahead and tell you we're going to camp out here uh, for a while. We're going to spend a a good deal of time this first quarter of 2022 learning and growing uh, in our faith. Is that okay with everybody? Question. Have you ever had something that was supposed to make your life better, but because you didn't know how it worked, It didn't really make your life all that better. Can you think of it? Can you think of something right now? That it's supposed to make your life better, but because you don't really know how it works all that well, it might make your life a little bit better, but you know it has more potential than what it's achieving in your life. Hello, can anybody think of anything? Shout something out. You're not thinking of anything. Come on, shout something out. Something that's supposed to make your life better, but it really isn't. Your first smartphone, huh? Somebody said money. Well, that's a good one. Huh? I have no idea what you're saying. The electrical pressure? Oh, a pressure cooker. A pressure cooker. I think of, I think of this, okay? I think of the program Excel, all right? Has anybody ever, do, does everybody know what Excel is? Microsoft Excel, okay? Listen, I've, I've been using Excel now for, you know, it's been around for quite some time. And I don't know how Excel works. So I know that Excel has the potential to basically figure everything out for me. But all I know how to use Excel for is to make a list and organize it. The little cells and Rectangle. I, I know how to make a list and organize a list, but I don't know how all the formulas and algorithms and all this kind of stuff. How ma- some of you know how Excel works, right? I, I I love people that know how Excel works. I'll just tell. Here's the info. You fix it. All right, fix it for me. Make it work. I don't know how Excel works. I know that Excel could greatly improve my life if I actually knew how to use it correctly. If I knew how it worked. Another thing I think of is the gym. It's, it's, it's so many, you do got to go, but even if you go, there's so many contraptions and machines and stuff in there that I know they're all amazing and they can, you know, they can do amazing things, but I don't really know how they work, so I don't even try. Why are y'all looking at me like that? Because <laughs> you relate. Good. I know how to run on the treadmill. <laughs> I know how to lift a few free weights, but I don't know how most of those machines work. And they probably could greatly help me and improve my life. But because I don't know how they work, they're not really doing much for me. You ever felt that way about your faith? I know that faith has the potential to move mountains, but the only thing I've ever moved is a little anthill. Right? Have you ever felt like that? 
Because we know that faith is big and powerful and amazing, but sometimes we just don't know how it works. And so we're not really maximizing our faith. Who wants to learn how to maximize your faith? Come on, who wants to not just have faith, but to actually get something done with your faith? I want faith that gives results, right? I don't want to just have positive thoughts and hopes. I want to get something done with my faith. Jesus said our faith can actually move mountains. You want to know how it works? You sure? <laughs> Come on, say results. It started off this year, and, you know, I felt like the Lord had spoken that. And we've begun to, you know, we've begun to, I believe, step into this, that a real true move of God, a revival, is, is at our doorstep. And the Holy Spirit's been just moving so beautifully and so powerfully. Um, a lot of things have been happening in many of your lives. God is beginning to use some of us more than before. We begin to experience his, his presence in, in a fresh way. But you guys, there's more. Come on, church, I said there's more. There's so much more of God for us to not just know about, but to experience. And we need to awaken to that. We need to be awakened. We need to be revived. And the Lord said, before I really pour out my spirit, like I'm going to, I'm giving you, I don't know, this is a lot. You know, maybe you want to go back and, and listen to some earlier messages. But he said, for me to give you the new wine, I've got to give you a new wine skin, right? And, 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 and he said to me, the new wine skin for Encounter Church is faith. And it was kind of like, but Lord, faith is kind of everything. No, no, no. Bigger faith so I can do bigger things. Who wants bigger faith so God can do bigger things in our lives and through our lives? Yes? We got to know how it works. We started with this two weeks ago. Let's see who remembers step one. We talked about step one and step two. So we're, today we're going to get to step three and we might start touching step four, but we uh, ain't, ain't enough time for all that. But we're going to really get to step more into step two and step three today. But what's step one? We've got to know God's will first. The first step of faith, how faith works, is to ascertain God's will. It's to, to find out God's will because godly faith, biblical faith, has to be based on the will of God. We can't just use our faith for whatever we feel like. We can't just exercise our faith to just try to get something that we want, right? Faith, first of all, is based on the will of God. We first find out God's will so that we can even know what to ask for. Step two is once we know God's will, we have to ask for it, right? We have to ask for it. And when we ask, how are we supposed to act? 
Oh, Lord, if you can. If you could. If you can. If you would. If we know something is God's will. And then we ask for it. How should we act when we ask and even after we ask? How should we ask? Like God is able, right? Like God is able. We shouldn't ask and then go out and, you know, kind of act like, well, maybe. When we ask, we need to, we're going to get more into this, but we need to act like he's able, right? So we learn that it first starts with his will. You know, and, and, and again, remember, not everything that happens is God's will. Even when you pray, the results of that prayer, don't always interpret the results of your prayer as God's will. Because sometimes it isn't. Because we do that. Well, we prayed, and this is what happened. That must have been God's will. It doesn't work that way. Not everything that happens is God's will. Sometimes what happens happens because we didn't get a hold of God's will in the first place. Before we asked. You okay? I know some of us might struggle a little bit with this because a lot of us have probably gone through life saying, well, I prayed. I prayed. I did what the Bible said. I prayed. I asked God. So then this happened. Well, I guess that just must have been God's will. And the reality is sometimes yes and sometimes no. Because sometimes we didn't even pray according to God's will in the first place. So what ended up happening wasn't necessarily God's will. Don't just take everything that happens as God's will. Well, I didn't get healed. It just must have been God's will. Maybe he's trying to teach me something. No. That is not, that, 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 that Jesus, no, you will not find that doctrine in Jesus. Okay? Well, I'm still just in deep, dark, you know, depression, and I prayed, and maybe it's just God's will. He wants to, he wants to be with me in, in my permanent sadness so he can come. No. No, that, 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 you won't find that in God's will. Okay, Careful. Careful not, we have to be extremely careful not to make our experience interpret every single experience as this is just must be God's will. I think we ought to go to the word. How about you? Matthew 6. Now, we're going to spend some more time on this today because there's so much more to it. Okay? I mentioned this last Sunday or two Sundays ago today. We're going to read it. 
Matthew 6, 9. Pray like this. Jesus' disciples had asked him, teach us to pray like you. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your, your what? May your what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he said, pray, give us today the food we need. And forgive our sins as we've forgiven those who've sinned against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Before Jesus told them to ask the Father for anything, what did he first establish? God's will. God's will. Before he told them, ask what you need. It's first your will be done. I want to read Ephesians 5.10. I think it will be up there on the screen for you. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Other translations say, carefully determine or discern the will of God. That's a mouthful. Come on, everybody. I, want, I just want you to, I just want you with me up here for a moment. The will of God has to be carefully determined. And we're instructed here that we are responsible to carefully determine what pleases God, what his will is. So many just go through life just kind of, you know, haphazardly. Well, I think this is God's will. We'll go over here. Well, I feel that. Ooh. Let's go over there. Ooh, that looks good. Let's go there. Ooh, I just feel peace. That, that, that seems easy. That must be what God wants me to do. Oh, that, there's nothing in my way. There's no obstacles to overcome. Let's just go and do it. That lady over there, she caught my eye and my heart. Must be God's will. This opportunity, it's just like the door's wide open. Must be God's will. You ever been through a wide open door to find out later on that you shouldn't have gone through it? That looks challenging. I don't know how that could be God's will. That would make me need to change something. That couldn't be God's will. Because he made me just the way I am.
if I were to do that or go there, that doesn't really jive with my personality. That, that can't be God's will. And what we end up doing sometimes is we assume that what we feel or what's easiest or what looks good or what makes us feel good, what presents the least, the path of least resistance, we just assume that's God's will. But how many of you know that is not what Ephesians 5.10 says that we ought to do? We need to carefully determine, let's go back, carefully Determine what pleases the Lord. Or carefully discern, carefully determine God's will. We can't be haphazard. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you just very briefly. This is not in your outline. This is not on the screen. This is not anywhere. I want you to just jot it down because this is going to help you, okay? These aren't the only three things, but there are three there are there are three tools to help us carefully determine God's will. Are you ready? You say, how do I carefully determine? Because remember, the first step of faith is that we have to settle the matter, we have to settle the issue of God's will before we can ever even know what we're supposed to ask for, right? Before we can ever exercise our faith to ask for anything, we first have to carefully determine God's will. Now, this doesn't have to be painstaking. It doesn't have to take forever. Because some people do that too. I just don't know what the will of the Lord is yet. Well, have you taken a moment to carefully determine? Ready? Three things, three tools. The primary way we discover God's will is His Word. It's His Word. God's will will never go against His Word. God's will will always lead us along the path that agrees with His Word. Even when that means we need to change. Especially when it mean, means we need to change. Have you ever discovered that? God's plans will never contradict the plans we see in his words. God's purpose will never contradict what we see in his word. God's instruct he will never, ever tell you to do something that violates his word. But th listen, I know that this seems like a no-brainer, but sometimes we got no brains. I've heard Christians many times say, the Lord spoke to me and told me it was okay to be in a relationship with her. Even though she's not a believer. But the, but the Lord told me, wrong, absolutely wrong. 
you didn't read his word. Because his word is very clear about that. The Lord told me, fill in the blank. Some of us have heard, some of us have said it. Some of us have gotten ourselves in trouble thinking that God told us to do something that we didn't, we didn't consult his word about. Well, the Lord told me it was okay not to tithe. He, you know, I know that I know that that's what all we're supposed to do. But the Lord told me specifically, personally, I don't need to tithe. I don't need to give my tithe. He's okay with that. Well, he's okay with that if you're okay with being cursed. <laughs> he's not. I'm sorry to be so blunt today, you guys, but we get so silly, so goofy. Holy Spirit told me. The Holy Spirit is not confused. He's not going to tell you something that goes against what he already said. The first way, the primary way, the, the next two I'm going to tell you, tools to discover the will of God, are, are subsequent to this one. The word of God is God's will. The second way to carefully determine the will of God is the Holy Spirit in us. And the Bible talks very clearly about giving us an inner witness, okay? That the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, and he teaches all things. In fact, one of the most important names of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, right? And Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That sounds like carefully determining what pleases the Lord. We don't ever have to live in, I don't know what God thinks. He will guide us. He's the spirit of truth, right? But he's always going to agree with the truth already established that he already spoke through his word. So yes, this is the deal. As we read the word, every word, come on somebody, say every word. Not just some of the words, that's where people get all get goofy sometimes because they read part of the word. And they take one verse or one scripture or one chapter and say, this is the will of God without taking into account the big picture that we see in the whole Bible, right? But when we fill ourselves with the water of the word, he can touch it and turn it into wine, right? The Holy Spirit takes the word and illuminates it and makes it real to us. Yeah? The Holy Spirit helps us to determine. Man, some, have you ever been in a situation and all of a sudden you hear him go, uh-uh. If you haven't, you need to get closer to the Holy Spirit because he does that a lot. He goes, hey, psh, psh. You were getting ready to say something. He goes, <clears throat> you're getting ready to go over there and spend your money on something. Oh, baba. And you hear, all of a sudden you hear in your spirit.
you get ready to say. I love, and the Holy Spirit, don't tell him you love him. No, uh, no, you don't. Uh-uh. It says not for you. And other times you hear the Holy Spirit going, hey, psst, go over there. Because it's not just no, it's a lot of yes, too. You hear the Holy Spirit going, psst. See that sick lady over there? See, I want you to go over and lay hands on her and tell her that I heal her today. And you're going, but I'm scared of that. And he goes, that's okay. Just do what I tell you. You hear the Holy Spirit say, save that money instead of using it. You hear the Holy Spirit say, I've got someone else for you. Don't get engaged. Don't go on one more date. This is real, y'all. I don't even know if we're getting to anything else today because this is so important. The Holy Spirit helps us determine. Come on, somebody say, I have an inner witness. What does a witness do? Do you know what a witness does? You ever been to court? If you've never been to court, have you ever seen court? Do you know what happens at a court? What do witnesses do? They testify. What does it mean to testify? You got to say what you see and hear, right? That's all a witness really does is repeat. Yes? In fact, if you got a witness making stuff up, they're not a good witness. Witnesses' purpose are to say what they saw and heard. Just repeat. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to repeat to you everything I taught you. He's going to tell you everything. Every, everything, Jesus said, every, I, I hear everything from the Father and I say it. And the Holy Spirit's going to take everything he receives from me and he's going to tell you. And it's not this big, loud, booming voice. It's an inner witness. Now listen, this is where I've seen Christians get confused. I heard a voice tell me. But then they didn't consult the word. Come to find out, you ate one too many tacos before bed. I felt this, I felt this tingling in my left pinky toe. I thought I got to go over there. That's my right one. All right. I got to go over there. I didn't discern. Okay. I got to go over there, and, and the reality is, you stepped on a Lego last night. Be, listen, bear with me. Always, 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 the Holy Spirit will always, always, always repeat Jesus. And Jesus always, always, always just Repeated the Father. They're three in one. One in three. They're never confused. Jesus Christ is the word of God. So when you read the word of God, when you read every word in the Bible, you are reading the will of God. Wow. 
It's funny how I thought we were going to get to all this other stuff today. But you know, I just want to, I really want to focus on what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. The Word. What's the first way to carefully determine the will of God? The Word of God. Then, the Holy Spirit who will always confirm the Word of God, right? The third way, believe it or not, are you ready? Are, are you sure? You better put on your seatbelt for this one. Ready? The church. The church. God has given, also in Ephesians, here. I was certainly not going here today, but we're going there. Ephesians 4, 8, that's the, what the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights that led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to people. Notice it says he ascended. This clearly means Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens. That he might fill the entire universe with himself. Did you know the whole universe is full of Jesus? <laughs> it's full of the word of God. Now these are the gifts God or Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by the wind. Every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with clever lies. So clever they sound like the truth. Ooh. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way to be more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part does its own special work. It helps other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God came in a human body, Jesus Christ, yes? So we could see with our visible, visibly, we could see with our eyes who God is. Remember, we learned this at Christmas. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the will of God. But when Jesus died on the cross and then resurrected and ascended back into heaven, the Bible says that he was seated at the Father's right hand. Everything was put under his feet. And now we, the body of Christ, were seated with him in heavenly places, right? And all things are under our feet. And in the earth, now, instead of a physical body, the body of Christ is the church. It's us. Come on, tell somebody. It's you. Now this this is this is this is this is uh this is a risk, but I want you to tell somebody. I just want you to tell them I need you. I need you to help me know the will of God. See now, man, this is so powerful if we could just grab a hold of it. Now, the way God fulfills his will in the earth as it is in heaven is through 
you and I, through you and me, the, the church, the body of Christ. And God's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to train us and equip us to be able to do the will of God. And not only that, he's gifted each and every one. It's not just about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Thank God for those gifts. But did you know the Holy Spirit has given you and you and you and you important to somebody and say, and you a gift. Turn to somebody else and say, you're just a good old gift bag. We need the church. If not, listen. I don't have time to go through all the scriptures on this. You can look it up later. But I just read it with the kids the other night, and they giggled and laughed. Because there's a scripture that says, if I say I'm an eye, I don't need the ears. How weird. If the whole body were just an eye, how strange would that be? Imagine just a big old eye walking around everywhere. But some Christians act like that. They see everything. They don't need anybody else's help. They're the big old one-eyed monster. Just a big old alien eye walking around. Like monster, what's the dude from Monsters, Inc.? Mike Swazowski? Wazowski, yeah. Just walking around thinking you can see everything. Well, if the ear says, you know, I, I don't, imagine, just imagine if, if, if we depend on each other to see the big picture, to hear the plan, to know the steps to take. To know what to touch and what to do and where to go. If I am trying to function in the will of God, to walk in the will of God as a loner. Without the help of the other eye and the ears and the liver and the spleen. I'm going to get sick. We need the church. We need each other. See, why do we have discipleship groups? That's actually the main reason. Because there's no way to successfully thrive as a disciple of Jesus Christ by ourselves. That's why we have groups. That's why it's important to be connected in relationship with other disciples. That's why it's important to have spiritual authority, spiritual leadership in your life. Not to control you, but... To cover you, to help, to caution, to care for, to watch out for, to stand up for you. We 
none of this is in my notes. Lord have mercy. But it is in every word. I don't even know which one I was using anymore. This one. Come on before we move on and we're not we're going to just do very little more and we're going to be done. I want you to just say this. It is my responsibility to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. We have the word, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have each other, the church. It's not hard. It doesn't take forever. We just have to do it. Okay? Now, after settling <laughs> the issue of God's will, we can actually know what to ask for, right? But then the second step of faith, sometimes we don't even take it. We know what God says and what God's want, but we what God wants, but we fail to actually ask him for it. It was one thing for me to know that Liz wanted to marry me. It was another thing for me to ask. I'm glad I asked. Because she wasn't going to ask me. I mean, I don't know. No. <laughs> Mexicans do not roll that way, for sure. Okay. It's one thing to go, God knows everything I need. Well, of course he does. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. No, really. There were certain things that God sovereignly provides, like the breath of life. Everybody breathe in. You didn't really ask for that, did you? It's just there. Until it's not. And it's okay to ask for more of it. But there are other things. We read it last week. I'm not going to go to it. But James says we don't have because we don't ask. We don't receive because we don't ask, right? It's, it's so important to discover the will of God. But then grab a hold of that thing and ask him for it. Ask him for it. Matthew 18, 19. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on anything, uh, agree here on earth concerning anything you ask. If two of you here on earth agree Sorry, agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. But notice, it's not enough to just agree. We actually have to ask. I've agreed many times with others for things and didn't take a moment to stop and just ask the Father to do it. And it didn't happen. 
Because when we know what God's will is, when we know what his word says, when we know what the Holy Spirit's saying, it's, it's easy to agree. Yes, God wants to heal me. Okay, Father, I ask you to heal me. It's God's will to provide. I know it's a, can we agree that it's, Ariana, can we agree that it's God's will to provide everything you need? Is it his will? Do we agree on that? Praise the Lord. That's not enough. Father, we ask you to provide every one of Ariana's needs today according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We have to ask, God is a father. And Jesus always said, my father, my father this, my father that, my father the other. And then when the disciples said, teach us to pray, he said, our father. Oh, I don't know if you got it. Jesus said, my father, my father, my father. Jesus, teach us to pray. Our father. Ask him. We got time for 1 John 5. And we are, this is verses 14 and 15, we are confident that he hears us. Ooh. We don't hope, we don't think, we don't feel, because sometimes we don't feel, but we are confident that he hears us. Whenever we, what? Whenever we, what? Whenever we ask for just anything we feel like. Ooh. Because we ought not to be confident about that. If we just ask and ask and ask for stuff without first consulting what pleases him, what his will is, I don't know that he's listening to me or not. I mean, I know he can hear me. Hello, he's all powerful. But he's not listening. We learned, again, two weeks ago, God's not obliged to just fulfill every one of our desires. In fact, he won't. Right? But let's read it kind of inversely. Whenever we, what? Ask for anything that, what? Pleases him. You've got the will of God and the ask. We can be confident that he hears us. And since we know he hears us, when we make our request, we also know he'll give it to us. He'll give us what we ask for. Ask is in there like three or four times. You got to ask. You got to ask. That's right. You've got to ask. Come on, say ask, ask, ask. Pedir. Don't have time. Did the first half. You know what? Let's wrap it up with this. Just let's just go ahead and go to Matthew seven, and but we're not gonna 
go through the rest of the points. We're just going to, we're going to go there because this is going to set us up. This is going to set us up to keep, keep going. Matthew 7. Have you guys noticed that um, our teaching is coming from what we've been reading in our daily Bible reading? Okay. So you show up to church on Sunday and you already read it. Just thought I'd add that in there. That is on purpose. Matthew 7. All right, Matthew, where'd you go? There you are. Matthew 7. All right, I'm going to say this, and we're going to read it, and then I'm going to try to crash land the plane. (laughs) Emergency landing. I used to read Matthew 7, 7 through 11, and I thought Jesus was repeating himself. Like, you know, sometimes when God says something, he says it two or three times to just make a point, right? He's like, he says the same thing in three different ways, right? Have you, have you noticed that? Right? That's why Jesus would say, verily, verily, I say unto you. Right? Surely, surely, truly, truly. Okay? So when I used to read Matthew 7... I used to think, oh, Jesus is just repeating himself to try to make one point. No. There is a progression to this of how faith works. Okay? Now, we've already learned that when we pray, the first thing to establish is God's will. And once we know God's will, what we have to do is then ask. Let's read it. It says, ask and keep on asking. This is Matthew 7, 7. Let's back it up. Verse 7, verse 7. It's coming. Verse 7. It's not coming. Look in your Bibles. You know, that thing you got with pages or an app? 7, 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Hmm. Keep on what? Seeking, and you will find. Can you find something you're not looking for? No, I can't go there because that's, ho- that, that's another hour. All right. Okay, let me just say it. When you ask, do you believe you receive? Do you believe, when, if, when you ask, are you confident he hears you and that he gives the answer? Are you looking for it? I ask, Lord, and then I just sit and wait for it to fall in my lap. Jesus didn't say, he said, go look for it. If you believe that what you ask for has been granted, go look for it. Go look for the answer. I believe God answered me. It's out there somewhere then. Go look for it. I said I wasn't doing this. All right. (sighs) We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. All right. It's too good. I want to keep going, but we're going to come back to it. Keep on seeking and you will. Find. Let me tell you, if you ask and he answered and the answer is out there, you will eventually find it if you're looking for it. Seek and you will find. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you. By the way, 
you got to do something when you find the answer. You know, I'm going to ask if we could just. Trying to figure out how this is the best way to completely redo what I planned in teaching you today. Mark eleven twenty four. I bet we got that one. Mark eleven twenty four. Yes. Woo. I asked for Mark eleven twenty four. There it is. I tell you, you can pray for anything. Now, we've already learned what anything means, right? Not kill my neighbor, right? Right? Anything, we've already established that taken out of context, that can be really bad. The context is the will of God. You can ask for anything, and if you, this is so powerful, if you believe that you've received it, past tense, it'll be yours. There's such a powerful dynamic here. When we ask, we believe that he heard us and that when we asked, we received it. The answer's been given. Then it'll be ours. Can I challenge you with something this morning? Churchwide as a family. I didn't know if we were going to get to this, but I'm just going to, again, I'm going to pause there. We're going to come back. We got through step one and step two. And I told you what step three is, but there's more to it, okay? How many of us believe, okay, this is not something, I'm about to show you, this is not something personal, individual, this is something for our church family, okay? How many of us believe it is God's will to grow our church so that we can reach our city? How many of us believe God's called Encounter Church to grow and multiply to win multitudes of souls and make multitudes of disciples? How many of us believe from God's word that it is God's will to prosper us to be able to do that? You all got one of these when you came in today. Again, this is, this is, this is, a, this is a family matters, all right? If you didn't get one, you can lift your hand and somebody will bring you one. We're going to also have it uh, up here shared on the screen. We have some goals this year, you guys. And I'm not going to take time to go through every single one and give you the budget for it and all this and that. But uh, you may have noticed that uh, we have a, uh, a new nice fence that's been put up that's going to keep uh, our property safer. And keep people from driving on our septic field. And keep people from coming and doing donuts in the gravel. 
better not have been you. That one's done. Thank you, Jesus. Right? In the next couple of weeks, you guys are going to notice um, some way more nicer Encounter Church signs. So that the church can be more attractive to people driving by that will want to come. Yeah? We really, really want to be a place where kids love to come. Right? And that is also safe. <laughs> so we need to upgrade our playground. Not only upgrade it, we're going to grow it. We're going to make it bigger. <laughs> to be able to bless more children. Not only that, to make this a safer place, we're going to be needing security cameras to go up. And not so much for us, but for the kids. Okay? Yes? A lot of other things to make this place better. One thing that would be amazing, now this is a big one, this is a really, really big one. But you guys, listen, look, just look, we only owe about $630,000 to completely pay off this whole property. Now listen, then we could talk about building a bigger sanctuary. Because y'all, we're going to need this, just the kids are going to need this right here, okay? This is not the, the, the point isn't to have a bigger church for the sake of having a bigger church. The point is more souls, more disciples. I believe we could pay it off this year. All right. I've shared this a couple of times. I just want to share it once again. I'm not going to go through all of this, but I do want to just re-mention to you. We have been given an incredible gift called a matching fund, right? Specifically to be able to go and make disciples in all nations, right? To obey Jesus' command to go and make disciples in all nations. And this year, it's on your card, it's there on the screen, to be able to Feed and disciple 300 children and plant three new churches in Cuba and then pull off a massive evangelistic crusade, win thousands of souls to Jesus and plant three new churches in Mexico, okay? All of that would take about $180,000 and we've been given a matching fund for half of it. Every single dollar given to our missions fund this year is doubled up to $90,000 to give us $180,000 to be able to fully do all of that in Cuba and in Mexico. See, our vision, our vision, we can't disobey Jesus. We can't disobey Jesus. He didn't just command us to reach our city. He commanded the disciples go to Jerusalem, Judah, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're believing God to bless us and prosper us, to grow us here, but we're also believing God to bless us and prosper us so that we can go and make disciples of all nations. 
I know for a fact from the word of God that it is the will of God to bless us and prosper us. Could we all agree that we're going to ask for this this year? We're going to ask for it. It would be an absolute miracle from heaven for God to bless us with $1,148,880. How about we just go with $1.2 million? That'll do, right? I didn't mean for this, this message to turn into talking about this, but hey, it's the first Sunday of the month. We always talk about money. We all need money, don't we? If you don't need money, I need to know your secret. But I still need money. The church still needs money to be able to operate and, and, and function and reach people. I believe we can ask for this. And I believe he hears us. And I believe we're going to receive it. In fact, I've been asking and I believe we receive it. Do you ask? I want to challenge you with something today. Let's, let's, get it, let's take it now to a personal level. I want you to think right now of something you know is God's will for you. It may be a financial need, it may be a physical need, healing, it may be something in your family, it may be whatever. It could be two or three things. But are you thinking of something that you know, this is what God, this pleases the Lord. All right? Close your eyes. Ask him. He loves that. He loves you. He loves when you ask him for what pleases him. You might be thinking, that is really big. Can I really ask for that? Ask him. Ask him. Our minds say, miracle. Yes. Ask him. He declared it. He worshiped him today. Way maker. Miracle worker. He makes a way where there is no way. Mm. Now, I know we didn't get a lot into this, but right there. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me what I'm supposed to do about it. Identify, make what's a next step to now go seeking the answer. 
Not seeking what you can do about it. No, no, no. You've asked him for it. Now what do you need to do to go look for the answer he has granted? Show me where to go, Holy Spirit. Show me what to do. Show me what next step to take. And now determine in your heart, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go look. I'm going to keep believing and I'm going to keep asking, but I'm also going to go look. I'm going to go look for the answer. And when I find it, I'm going to do something about it. Some of you are really just experiencing the presence of the Lord right now. He's on this. Mm. He's on this. He's on your heart. He's on this word right now. He's on this faith. Listen, faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Just begin to thank him right now for the answer. Thank you, Father. I am confident that you hear me. You hear me. And what I ask for, I believe I've received it. I believe you have heard. I believe you have answered. I believe I receive it. And in faith, I begin, I'm going to begin to seek it. I'm going to begin to look for it, knowing for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that the answer has been granted. I am going to seek it out until I find it. Some of us are going to find answers this week. Some of us are going to have to seek a little bit longer than that. But we will surely, Jesus said, if you seek, you will surely find. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.